Hi, this is Sean. I'm a guest today on the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about COSIN, passwords, phishing, and back-to-school checklist. This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is K-12 Tech Talk, episode 61, with special guest Sean... We'll get to him in a second, but first we want to talk about Jeremy and somethingcool.com. Jeremy was nice enough. We had another snowstorm here in Missouri today. And but he Jer- put his boots on. He did, and he made a snow his ice cream. His heavier coat. He made snow ice cream for the green room tonight, and that's you know that's something throwback from the 80s. Chris, you're probably too young to know what I'm talking about. Was it um, yellow? No, it's not yellow. You avoid yellow snow, and Jeremy wouldn't do that to us. Um, but it is really good. Thank you, Jeremy, from somethingcool.com. Um, Chris, you said you had something special. You wanted to talk about somethingcool.com. Yeah, so Jeremy, he's a laid-back guy. Um, he normally just says, hey, guys, talk about whatever you want to uh, on the pod. However, we've been uh, talking about uh, on-prem versus cloud uh, phone system solutions for a while. Yes, we have. He, he, he thinks we're not a fan of the cloud-based <laughs> solutions, and he's a uh, Ring Central guy. Uh, so he wanted me to say a couple of things, and I'm going to quote him for a second. He said, "I've heard you talking about cloud versus on-prem." Was he raising his voice? I think so. It was in all caps. Oh, okay. Uh, just kidding. But he said, "Here's a couple advantages," and this is something. Again, I I I feel like at my district. Um, we are looking at new phone systems. The cloud stuff is interesting. If not this time, I think the next time yeah. uh, we do a new phone system, surely by then I'd, I'd feel a lot better about it. But uh, he, he gave three quick things to think about that makes sense with a cloud-based solution. He said, number one, the smartphone app, uh, it's in you. He says, and this is in particular with Ring Central, I would imagine, in use all the time, not just for failover. This lets teachers, users call, text, and fax with their DID number. They don't have to use their personal cell number no matter where they're at. Number two was calls uh, can seem to be coming directly from the school number or whatever DID number, uh, no matter whether placed on the smartphone app, the desktop app, or the desk phone. And then number three, no hardware to replace. Uh, If you choose to buy desk phones, that's all you have to buy. Uh, Ring Central works with Yanglink, Polycom, Cisco, whatever brand you prefer. I think there's like 15, 20, 30 different phones you can choose from. You're never stuck with one brand. There's no big capital expenditure every few years. You just replace phones as they fail. And then he did address even, this is a bonus one, I guess. Uh, he said that if you're thinking about cloud stuff, for sure, probably still keep one, at least one POTS line at each building for 911. Uh, E-fax can be iffy in sending or receiving to other fax machines. Uh, so POTS is still kind of a good viable option for, for, for that kind of thing. But he'd love to hook you up with the demo. I know that he works with Ring Central Engineers. Uh, you can email Jeremy at somethingcool.com if you're looking at Ring Central. Yeah, it, that's definitely something on my radar because I – think we i've mentioned on here before we bought a a new building that was a daycare and we are going to put uh, our new 
early childhood special ed program in that building. And to begin with, we've got very few staff that are going to go in that building. And even once it's fully staffed with the program, we won't have that many, you know, we're talking less than probably 20 individuals in that building. So does it make sense for me to have a capital spend and buy a complete phone system and, and PBX or, you know, whatever the voice over IP switching function is called now, um, and a PRI with monthly service of, you know, four or $500 a month, or do I buy a cloud-hosted solution like RingCentral that has all this extra feature? You know, like during the pandemic, we could have worked from home. And, and one of the things that we're looking at putting this building is our parents as teachers group. Well, those those folks rarely come into the office. They're always out on the road doing home visits, evals, mm-hmm. what you know, visits with, with newborn, new families, um, and the ability for them to be able to make and receive phone calls from their cell phone, but with a masked number that is a DID for the school, that, that's a huge advantage. Um, yep. So I, I, it definitely has some advantages in that situation. Now, does it make sense on an operating expense level to do that in my district that has 300 handsets? I don't know. So, yeah, there. I think there's some pros and cons, depending on the situation that you're in, uh, where that where a hosted a cloud solution definitely makes sense. And it's it's definitely something that, that I'm taking a look at here in the next six months. And it could be something cool. It could be something cool. I'll give Jeremy a call. Jeremy, be be ready for my call. I expect uh, I expect the white glove treatment from somethingcool.com, um, which all of their customers get. So if you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email, k12techtalk at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, k12techtalkpod. Uh, tweet us. Let us know which one of our guests has been your favorite. We've had Mark. We've had Bill. We've had the ever-ready Bunny Pate, who is who is ran by batteries. And tonight, we have Sean. Eric, did you already move on from Eric? Oh, yeah, we did have Eric. Eric was early on. Were we interviewing people when we had Eric, or was Eric just yeah, a... Yeah, he didn't know, but when he came on, we interviewed him. Yeah, because that other guy left in a huff and in a hurry and, you know... But tonight, without further ado, we have Sean. Hello, Sean, guys. do you go by Sean? Do you like Big Sean? I think it's Sheen. <laughs> Sheen. There's times where I do have quite a Sheen. But, um, <laughs> and depending on the lighting, you may see it today. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, no, uh, it's Sean. You can call me Big Sean. You can call me whatever you want. Because I, I know I'm the third guy, so you got to be talking about me. So... so- Sean, uh, you're kind of you're east of us. Uh, you're in the great state of Ohio, I believe. Um, give us a little, not super detail about your district, but like how many how many kids do you have? How many students do you have there? So we have 2,200 students. We're okay. about 25 uh, minutes east of Cleveland. So uh, okay, we're, we're in a rural area. Uh, it's uh, 82 square miles that we service in our area. Uh, but it's uh, it's a great community. We have four school buildings. We have a K to two, a three to five, a six to eight, and a nine through twelve building. Oh wow! Okay, so similar to what we have. So, do you guys being east of Cleveland like that? I guess you get lake effect snows. Oh yeah, yeah. We're um, we're in we're in the snow belt. So so, uh, how many days do you guys get for snow days a year? Would you say? We the way it works now in Ohio, it's by number of hours. Yep. So um, it's it's not really broken down that way. We used to have like a set number of like five snow days that were set into our schedule. Instead, uh, we we're well beyond the number of hours that Ohio requires as a minimum. Okay. 
So we don't have like a designated set number of snow days. The only time we run into problems now would be if we aren't meeting our required number of hours, which we, since they switched to hours, we haven't run into that scenario. What off the top of your head, do you know what the, what that hour requirement is? I don't know it off the top of my. I really don't know that off the top of my. Missouri head. is one thousand forty-four hours. We Missouri made that change. Uh, Chris, do you know this? Probably three years ago, four years Something ago, like that. Yep. Um, so yeah, we we now um, can do up to six days of alternative methods of instruction, meaning a virtual snow day. Um, the other days, uh, so we can only take six days of that. So um, it's been interesting. Our my district chose to do four real snow days up front and then if we get beyond four real snow days which we have met that now um we do a virtual day or an alternative day so it's a thousand one hours for students grades seven to twelve nine ten for kindergarten through six wow nine ten holy yeah. cow interesting that's cool. So, and we've done things like uh, snow, uh, ver, you know, we've done blizzard bags and stuff like that in years. Oh, where interesting. Really bad, you know, as far as uh, as far as that goes. Blizzard bag. Uh, I like yeah. that. <laughs> Which those are those are things that I like it. I like that, too. Yeah. yeah. Now it, that we've got one to one devices, though, you know, this was all predating one to one devices where we send. Home, sure. You know, blizzard bags and things. I, those are things I think of the past. <laughs> That's interesting. So, speaking of one to one, are you? So, where are you? One to one K through twelve. What? What? What are you? What do you look like there? Yeah, that was that was a big uh, victory that I'm real proud of. We we got to one to one K to twelve with um, right right before the pandemic. Oh wow. K to K to twelve with Chromebooks. Good. So we we had um, previously we had iPads and carts in our elementary buildings and we gradually shifted to Chromebooks so that way that the students coming up from the elementaries would be better prepared for the middle school and high school and and with with testing in ohio and having devices with a keyboard yep. built in was really a big push for that so the kids were actually getting used to and doing some keyboarding skills before they got to the middle school as well yeah that that learning curve of typing in a username and password is is pretty big um what's your favorite now, now hold on heavier question here so sean told me he's a dc comics you do some kind of dc comics fan program or something i do since 2006 i've been uh, been podcasting so um oh yeah. wait 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 so you're a pro well, yeah. I, I don't, well, I, I listen, you have listened to my show. <laughs> let's not, let's not get, I've been doing it a long time. <laughs> that does not always equal pro. <laughs> well, let's test this. Here we go. We're going to ask you some DC comics questions. Oh, I don't know that. I'm, I think these are going to be easy. Guy, but go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Easy one. Okay. What is Superman's original name? The one oh. he was born with. Kal-El. Okay. All right, Josh, what else you got for him? Uh, Sean, what's your favorite Chromebook make? Like, are you a Dell guy? Or are you an Asus guy? I'm between Dell and Acer. Are you? Yeah. I've heard as good things as... about the Acers, yeah. yeah. What do you say, Josh? Well, so we've kind of shifted. Um, we were HP for a good while because, I mean, historically, I've bought whatever was low bid, um, and that has that has since bit me in the rear uh, in the last couple of years. So last year we made the purchase of 1100 Dell 3100s and they have been rock stars um, this last year. So 
I'm getting ready to release an RFP uh, for a couple hundred Chromebooks just to fill in some gaps for next school year. And I'm I'm putting in, in the requirement that they need to be the Dell 3100. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna cheap anymore. Um, Chris, what are you? You're HP. I, no, you're Lenovo. I, that's I believe right. Lenovo, man. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, whatever. All the way. How's three, your speaking three. of that? Yeah. How's your Lenovo motherboard issue? We have finally received all of our back ordered system boards. Oh, okay. Uh, finally, like you can tell, they all hit at once um, because every I had placed several. I had placed the same like, hey, I need forty system boards from like three different companies. Uh, oh. I needed I needed forty. Now by that time, I needed a hundred, uh, but I got like a hundred and twenty uh, system boards like within a week's time. You could tell, you know, okay, there was suddenly a, a release of system boards, and they're all here. Now yeah. we did have that fiasco where I had waited and waited and waited. Uh, and then got a bunch of boards, and they were uh, Intel boards as opposed to AMD. Oh, right. And that was a big fiasco. But we're in better shape now. Uh, doing the shim work to get system boards swapped out. So we're a Lenovo self-maintainer, self-contained program. I think we talked about that before. Uh, we've taken some tests. We're Lenovo certified. So uh, the our, our tech department technicians can work on Lenovo Chromebooks, but our students can as well. So we've been swapping out system boards so that we keep the system, we, we keep the serial number that they had originally. Uh, so we don't have to do more Google right. admin console work and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we're, that... we're back. We're back. Okay. Good. Mark, or Mark, good grief. I'm sorry. Sean. Oh, you just uh, like your heart, wait, your heart just I showed said up. You could, I said, I'm the third guy. You can call me whatever you want. Uh, Sean, <laughs> if, if I you. Be, I could be Mark now. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you've got any questions for Chris and I, Shout them out because we go we go quick. He doesn't um, get to ask. Hey, three DC comic superheroes. If you were calling them the, the the Holy Trinity, would it be Batman, Flash, and Cyborg? Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the Flash. Wonder Woman, Batman, Aquaman. What would be the 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 Holy Trinity? Do I have to pick one of the sections that you picked? Yes. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I guess you can curb me here. Well, I'm a big Batman guy, so that's a for sure. Um, I would do the Flash, and I would do Hawkman. Hawkman, which is I know a strange one, but uh, I'm a big Hawkman fan. Interesting. Yeah. So that was an incorrect answer. It was Batman, <laughs> Wonder Woman, Superman. Again, I'm Mark. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, Sean, one of the things that struck out when you emailed us about coming on the show was your affiliation with Cosin. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell us, tell us a little bit about Cosin and um, what the the part that you play or what what you see Cosin helping out school districts with the most. So my actual affiliation with Cosin is uh, my district's a member district of Cosin, so we've signed up for that. Um, I was recently asked with um, one of my uh, friends over at uh, Shaker Heights has signed on to be Cosin cybersecurity representative. And we're looking to do a cybersecurity podcast uh, just because in this year, as we all know, we're now talking cybersecurity on a very different level than yeah. before mm-hmm. with insurance renewals and things like that. So that's really been what my connection with COSIN has been. It's been more of the fact that uh, because I've been podcasting, they asked me to be a part of uh, putting together a cybersecurity podcast um, for COSIN. 
But uh, Kosin, uh, what what I feel really feel a strength for Kosin's been is uh, I'm a CETL certified um, educator too. Okay, uh, CETL. Yep. Yeah, and that's a certified education technology leader. And the idea behind the CETL certification is a lot of us in Ohio as tech directors have come at uh, the position from different angles, either from the business side or come at it from the education side straight up. The CETL certifications really meant to help even the playing field where you go through this certification, you go through, um, basically it's it's a mentorship program. And in the end, you wind up with CETL certification where a district that hires somebody who's CETL certified has some confidence that we've all gotten very similar mentorship, very similar training. Um, so COSIN as a leadership organization, I think has done a really great job of being a support. I was just on a call earlier today, um, uh, their leadership series, where it's uh, every month you get together and uh, they have breakout sessions via Zoom, you know, similar like we're, we're on Zoom right now. And uh, it, it's basically topics that would impact all of our jobs day to day and a chance to network and talk with people in our positions, um, in a, you know, in that safe zone where you get to brainstorm and they share their best practices, you get to share yours, and we're all kind of collaborating and learning from each other. Much, it really, is much like when I listen to your show. Um, you know, I'm getting that same kind of benefit. So. Yeah. So, Chris, I I didn't get an email from Cosin about doing any podcast. I'm a Cosin member. Did Did you? Get what a email? joke! <laughs> Kick this guy out of here. <laughs> so. Um, so are you going, I know Cosin's conference is coming up in April in Nashville. Are you going to the conference? I'd like to. I'm are you? Still, I'm still working on that piece. Yeah. So I, I we joined, my district joined Cosin this year for the first year, or for the first time. Um, and I am going to the April conference in Nashville. It's a quick five-hour drive for me. So uh, I'm excited about that. it be my first time at a, a national K-12 conference. Um so that'll that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm excited about that. Nashville's a, a fun town anyway, so it'll be good to, to meet and see some of the COSIN folks um, there. So if you're listening and you're a COSIN member and you're headed to the COSIN, COSIN conference, tweet us and uh, maybe I'll bring you a sticker or something. Um, That's Chris, it? A lousy sticker? Yeah, a lousy sticker. Maybe I'll bring some shirts and sell them out of my trunk in the parking lot because I'm sure they'd get mad if I s- sold them in the in the conference rooms i'm anxious to go to a conference again yeah i mean honestly just here's the thing i love the virtual conferences and all they've been a great little band-aid beforehand but it's nice to go and meet people and and actually get a chance to you know sit down and talk to each other yeah (laughs) in person yeah it's it's been a while since i've seen some people like bill i don't know that i he was on last week i don't know that i've seen bill in person and probably to well, right before right before COVID hit, right before the pandemic hit, um, back in twenty or I guess twenty twenty, twenty nineteen. Um, so yeah, that'll it'll be interesting to see all those folks again. Chris, what do you, what questions do you have for Sean? I got nothing, but I can talk about Pondurance. Let's let's talk about Pondurance, and they can probably probably lead us to something here. Yeah, because they sent us a checklist of twelve things, and I think that'll lead to a good discussion. Yeah, so Pondurance, uh, the newest uh, proud sponsor of the K twelve Tech Talk podcast. You can go to pondurance.com to check out what they offer, uh, but they do in particular one of their things is manage detection and response. Uh, They can integrate with your existing infrastructure and controls. They do 24-7 based security 
uh, operations centers. Uh, they'll look at all your stuff, your endpoints, your logs, your network, and uh, then they'll respond to that. So uh, if you check out their website, they kind of tell you where they sit in there. You have your raw events and stuff happening. The Pondurance platform comes in to kind of see what's going on. They're going to see what perceived threats there might be. Uh, one of their uh, analysts is going to dig into that further. I know a lot of schools, I know I'm a school that I can't afford to have a cybersecurity person on my staff. Uh, that's where it can start to make dollar sense to pay a company like Pondurance to help you out. And then they're going to help you with taking action on those things. So I'll put it in the podcast description link, though. They gave us this, uh, it's like a back to school checklist, uh, an easy one, easy one that you should be able to read. You're like, yeah, we do that already. Uh, but talking about schools and what schools should just have, and they just give the typical easy six things uh, to be safe. And we can kind of dig into these a little bit. So yeah. I'm going to read all six, and then we'll kind of discuss each one. Okay. So to keep, to keep software up to date, to have antivirus software everywhere, to use strong passwords, to do uh, security awareness training, uh, to detect phishing uh emails and have something in place for that so let's talk through that how do you guys keep software up to date or i'm current uh, yeah I'm, well software so okay do you mean os operating system or do you mean like just office um sysvin right. vlc player right <laughs> vlc player great example we had a problem with that today um so I use SCCM for Windows updates. The other stuff, it's kind of an ad hoc pop-up kind of thing. Um, you know, I think Ninite is a nice tool that's out there on the market. They're not a sponsor yep. of the show. Um, but that will kind of go out and, and scrape all those updates into a package and, and push them out for you. Um, Sean, Ninite's you legit. Yeah, Ninite's awesome. Yes, I actually couldn't agree more with Ninite. Uh, that's been a game changer. Yeah, so <laughs> do you... Do you pay for Nine Eight? We do. Do you? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What? Yeah, interesting. I, um, and and honestly, that was um, one of my technicians brought it up a, a few years ago as something that we were using uh, the free version of it, and just with how much we were using it, it made sense. Yeah. Josh but, made a funny look on his face. I feel like he uses like some shady version of it that he's not paying for. <laughs> no, it, I, I've used the, I've used the free version of Nine Night. Um, if they want to sponsor the show and give me a, a free paid version for a period of time, I'll be happy to talk about Nine Night on the on the <laughs> podcast. Um, no, Nine Night Nine Night is legit. So for people that don't know, spell that. I don't I don't have it in front Dude, of me. I always spell it wrong. I, I'll get it. Isn't Chris? Isn't that wrapped into your uh, to some degree with Kaseya? Yeah, yeah, that's what I Kaseya thought. came out with their own software management stuff now, uh, so we don't use Nine Out like we used to. It is N I N I T E, Nine Night. Nine Night. Yeah, great patch management, kind of automated um, tool. Okay, so what's next? AV. AV. What we use? Uh, I use Sentinel One. Mm-hmm. Sean, what do you have? For um, what do we use for AV? I don't know off the top of my head. Windows Defender. You you roll you roll without. No, um, we're actually um, we've been Sophos. Um, okay. And okay. our the problem we're having right now is actually we're at the end. We had the old Sophos um, server that okay, had, and that's end of life. So we're looking for what our new 
program is going to be. Sophos may be what we're going to. We're, we've been doing a, a search, actually, for what our next version is going to cool. be. The problem is everything is much more expensive you now. You better believe it. It was uh, my Sophos, I want to say before, I was paying like 3200 for it before. And now I'm, I've been looking at cloud versions of Sophos and other competitors. And it's like four or five times. Yeah, all the next-gen yeah. stuff is far more expensive now. Than yeah. yeah, that EDR-type product mm-hmm. is dramatically more expensive. But, you know, if it, if it saves your bacon that one time, mm-hmm. I, I think you could say it's easily worth it. I know I talked about it before. We have this year we put carbon black on office computers and then one particular building. Um, and then we have, again, going back to Kaseya, we have Kaseya and we use WebRoot for the basic workstations and stuff. There's a big, there's a big difference. WebRoot has been good, but carbon black, um, I mean, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot there. And I feel, as though it lets me sleep better at night because carbon black is going to take action on anything that looks funny. Yeah. Uh, if it sees it as, I mean that it, I, it does a good job of learning your environment. Um, and it's just way different than like your typical can antivirus of, Hey, stop the known bad things. Right. No, it's going to stop the known bad things. Plus it's going to stop things that kind of look like it could be a bad thing. Right. And then so, it's going to give you all kinds of good stuff to look at. So you can figure out what the heck it was. And, and, yeah. Carbon Black's not a sponsor, but hey, if you want to, Carbon Black, you know you know who to call, k12techtalk at gmail.com. Uh, Chris, you, you have Carbon Black on your high-value assets, yes. I guess. Yeah, yeah, servers and superintendent, and yeah. And it's interesting, even with how it plays in with Kaseya, I could see, uh, I mean, any any anything that you release that does any kind of scripting, any kind of anything, Carbon Black's paying attention. So if you're using... Like we use Kaseya and, and you can build, you know, custom scripts to install things or take actions on a computer. Well, if you're injecting some kind of, uh, you know, batch file or a PowerShell script or something, Carbon Black says, hey, hold up. I'm not going to let that thing go out there. I don't know what that thing is. Even though we trust Kaseya right. in Carbon Black, Carbon Black says, hey, hold up a second. Uh, is Kaseya behaving how you would want it to behave? Which is awesome. Yeah. Sometimes we forget we have it on computers and like we're trying to do something and we have to, oh, shoot, it's covering black blocking it. <laughs> and then sometimes, so I'm one, and this is actually, this is a terrible thing to admit, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to even think like converting a, I think it, it came up, I was pulling a, uh, an, uh, an email archive out of, out of uh, Google and, I, and I'm needing to, convert it into a pdf and i need some quick utility to do that with so i'm searching around for some free oh. thing well carbon black blocks the installer and then i'm the guy in the tech office that tried to install the whatever thing that's funny you know because we all get the email that we could be under attack because <laughs> I, I had some wacky thing downloaded <laughs> on my computer and again it ends up being legit and it's fine but carbon black checks you on that right like hey that's a weird thing you just put on your computer that's funny so what what was uh, Pondurant saying about passwords in their in that document? Oh, so choose strong passwords that are at least eight characters long and contain a combination of uppercase, lowercase, numbers, uh, punctuation, or other special characters. Uh, then they recommend multi-factor authentication. 
um, either through email or through a mobile device, some kind of two-factor turn-on. So they say at least eight. What do we say to that? I say 12. That's what we do. I've been, I sent something out to my staff because we started doing the multi-factor because of insurance renewals here. Um, we couldn't, we only had two companies that would quote us out for cybersecurity insurance this time around. And the big thing that the other companies were saying is because you don't have two-factor turned on for your uh, Google accounts. You don't have them turned on for your, we have Infinite Campus for SIS. But um, because we didn't have those turned on yet, we only got two quotes. So we started turning it on this year. And when we were doing that, I sent something out to the staff about passwords. And one of the things I've been um, reading about is the idea of using password phrases. Oh, yeah. Longer, you know, um, which I think is such a great idea now. And uh, especially for our staff members that tend to forget passwords, especially if they get more complicated, you can now do a much longer password, but it's something that's a phrase that you remember, which I think is, which is a great practice because when we did a pull down of our emails, how many staff members have like these non-compliant, very easy to guess passwords? Oh yeah, sure. Um, it's it's scary, um, especially yeah. considering the, the kind of data that's on there. So we've yep. been really pushing hard this year, changing to a, a more complicated password scheme. Yeah, we, we forced 2FA on our Gmail, on our faculty Gmail accounts, and then our elevated network accounts, domain accounts, um, we forced two-factor. And then last Friday, I actually, I had a spare license for my domain, uh, my network two-factor authentication tool. So I went over and talked to my HR person because the data that she has on her computer is pretty high value. Um, and I talked to her about putting two-factor on her her account just because of the value of the data that's on her machine. And she was cool with it. Um, and she's been running with it for now, I guess, right at a week tomorrow. And I haven't heard a single complaint out of her. She's like, I totally get the logic behind it. I totally understand the rationale. Yeah. It's one extra box for me to type in. I it, I only have to do it when I log in or unlock my workstation. It's not a big deal. So I'm, I'm hoping that kind of has a foothold now in that office that I can buy more licenses for that and, and put that on the rest of my central office staff. Because... I mean, realistically, they're not elevated domain accounts, but by God, they've got some valuable information on their machines. So um, I, I think two-factor, where you can put it, where you can get a foothold with two-factor, you definitely need to leverage that. I like the way you're doing it, too, starting from the top down, because yeah. uh, if you get that buy-in and support from them, yep, they're going to be the first ones that people start going to if, if they're not comfortable with right. it. Right. Or a um, complaint, and and yeah. and I will say we didn't have a single tense, con- you know, foot stomping conversation of, you know, you can't make me use Google Authenticator on my phone. We we didn't have any of that because I think people are getting so used to, you know, their banks are requiring it, their credit card websites are requiring it, you know, their pension programs are requiring it. They're yeah, used not, to it. Yeah, not on purpose for waiting, but I think it's played well that a lot of schools waited until like the rest of the world required two-factor, like your bank right. account. Uh, it's made the school thing not not have as much steam to it. But really, I think, so this conversation of two-factor, though, I think it is still a little bit of, I'm going to say groundbreaking, but I don't, it's not groundbreaking. But I think in the industry, I don't know of many other industries. You know, I've got a friend in healthcare. I've got 
I, I don't know of any of them that have had to turn on two-factor for their email accounts or domain accounts yet. I haven't heard them talking yeah. about it. So I think, I still think from a, from a, I guess, industry as a whole or as a company as a whole, it's still a new thing. It's not new because it's, I mean, it's been around forever and banks and credit cards are doing it. But as a company doing saying everyone is doing this, I think that's still a new mentality. Yeah, have I you agree. got? Have you made the jump yet, Chris? We do two factor for those that have sis. We do two factor with Google, uh, with their Google account for those that have higher access. That's right. Levels of like sis or or data, you know, not related to each other. But if you're a person that has a sis account that has access to student data, we make you authenticate at least with your Google account. Uh, and I wish we did more and someday we will. So I was looking back, um, for one, our school district does the eight characters thing. Uh, but, uh, years ago, our, our local area met and sat in a room and we bantered about, uh, passwords and all kinds of things, lock screen time and the whole bit. Uh, we should probably do that again and see if things have changed. But we wanted to do that. That way, if if someone is wanting to do something and, and then the superintendents are talking and there's grumbling, we've all spot checked each other so we know what the baseline's supposed to be. So back then, and Josh and Sean, see if you guys agree with this. So we said either do eight characters with the whole three or four security complexity stuff and force change annually is what was the baseline agreed to. Or we said, and I'm kind of, well, I'm not kind of surprised, I guess. You could do 15 characters without any kind of complexity required. Yeah. So you could do all letters. Yeah. 15 characters. Would you agree that that's still cool? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of that amount of characters? Yep. Yeah, there's a, think- chart, there's a chart out there that talks about, too, when you can do that larger, like, 15-character piece about, yep. um, about how much it delays the person. It, it does, here's yep. the thing. I saw it we on got- Facebook. Yeah, the honest reality is there isn't a totally 100% foolproof method. But when you get into that level of uh, characters of 15, it's it's just that much harder, that much more time to get through. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's the fact that you're able to pull that off. That is a great agreement. <laughs> I, that could I, be cool. I saw that meme on Facebook like yesterday and it, and it gave a good breakdown. Now it's kind of generic, but it, it, it did the, you know, eight characters, just text. And it gave, you know, it can be hashed in an instant. It gave eight characters complex hashed in X amount of time. And then I think it went up to 12 or 15 characters and it was like 300 years to be able to be hashed (laughs) because of the, the, the number of characters in it. Um, I can't find it right now, but yeah, the obviously the longer and and that's been a discussion recently. I think most most people that are most IT people that are worth their salt understand the rationale of um, you know the the days of changing passwords every ninety days um, are are kind of gone as long as you're doing a rather long password twelve fifteen characters even you know check them against rainbow tables. Um, that's my. Uh... My USAC, my E-rate password, it's, I don't know how often that thing changes. It's too frequent because mine. So yeah. I just add a symbol at the end, the same symbol. Oh, jeez. It's, it's a super long thing. I know I'm at like 25 characters or something because uh, I just, oh, it's one more. Here we I, go. I let LastPass manage mine. And, and speaking of that, my LastPass account is 
I gotta pay tomorrow or it expires. Oh gotta, geez. Yeah, last hey, pass. I just got the I got the text. I don't have school tomorrow. I'm pumped. Really? We we have a PD day. I don't I don't see us canceling tomorrow. Okay, so what's what's next on uh, security awareness training? What do you guys give to your staff? So I do new employee orientation. I do a security thing. Yep. And then uh, this year, since we kind of did have a a fish event that someone fell for, I went around and walked through um, the actual fish email and what happened at during our back to school PD. And then this kind of gets into the next thing, the phishing emails. But we, I fish my my staff, all of our all of our faculty staff. Um, get fished through a service uh, once a month or so. I haven't done it in a month because of the holidays, and I didn't want them too back to back, as in they complained to administration. Um, so I, they're due for a fish. Um, but yeah, we've we've fished our staff for probably three or four years now. We're down around that two point five three percent click rate, so I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Lower than the national average. Hello, Sean. What do you do? So we've been hit in like the past two years in particular with a lot of phishing emails. And and the good part has been that there have been staff members who've been sending them to me saying, I don't think this is the real person. You know, it, it, it really what it is, is that they're, um, we have ones where they're posing as administrators, they're posing as yep. people. And I mean, they're getting lazy with it too, because it doesn't even, they're not even like trying to mimic our email addresses anymore. It's like, uh, you know, it's, uh, Principal one two three four at gmail.com. Right, you know, yeah. frosted flakes at, uh, at tricks.com, that type of thing. Yep. And it's it, it's it's crazy how uh, there's staff members that will start clicking through them. So we've been doing, we did like one of the free, you know, there's out there, there's a couple different free phishing tests that you can throw out there to your staff. We did that to get some data, you know, as far as where our staff at for awareness wise. I've been sending out regular emails to staff about it. I've been sending out other phishing tests to staff about it, um, basically to increase awareness. Uh, it's the struggle that I have, and I don't know if you guys run into this. We have at the beginning of the year, a lot of these public school works trainings where our staff spend a lot of time on trainings. Yep. So getting staff to do additional trainings on top of that. So I try to do a lot of stuff either in short little video snippets that I send out to them or short little email snippets that yep. you know, are two to three minutes or a quick little email to read, um, bite-sized pieces instead, just being cognizant of their time. And I'm finding I'm getting a lot more responses on that. Um, just because I'm doing those short little nuggets with staff instead. I'd love to do more where I'd be able to do direct training, but it's really hard to get that time for staff board. And that, that's probably my biggest struggle is time. Yep, I, I completely agree. So the training piece of it, so the, the service that we use for fishing comes with a really nice pre-built, training videos and you can even tailor it to the people that fall for the fish have to do these training videos um and i i really don't have support from the higher ups to force faculty to go through those trainings because and you mentioned this sean we have so many trainings that are required from our you know the insurance agency who whoever you know don't don't touch students inappropriately don't steal from the school you know those types of lovely videos um that there's really no support to say okay we're going to add another 30 minutes of cybersecurity fish anti-fishing video on top of it so 
I kind of make it a game going on throughout the year. I th- I've talked about this before where every time that I send out a fish, the building, at, I, I let it run for three days. And then the building at the end of that period that has the fewest clicks of the fish gets this hideous mounted bass hung in their office, their principal's office, as the trophy of the building that got the lowest fish rate. So I I think if you make it that persistent, obvious, visible type of thing... Um, people catch on and, and the prince it's it has become a competition among our principals. It's pretty funny to like to it. hear them get mad at each other about it. So you make um, it fun because you have to. You yeah. have to. Yeah. Well listen here, Sean. Who are the creators of Batman? Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Yes. Wait. This guy knows his stuff. Yeah. Um Okay, so that was all of Pondurance's stuff. Let's talk <laughs> Aruba and provision data solutions real quick, Chris. Hold on. I got that quiz off of a website and I just got a thing that says quick search tool. Click here to continue installing this Chrome extension. Well, I'm sure your AV would block that. It will update your default search to quick search tool and search results to Yahoo. So, um, <laughs> good Lord. Uh, I, you know, I haven't talked to provision this week. So it, normally I talk to Andrew every week and, um, I haven't, I haven't heard from him this week. Have you heard anything from the lovely float folks been too much, too much whiskey? Um, have you heard from provision or Aruba, Chris? No, um, no, I haven't. We need provision we need- data solutions, a proud sponsor for the K12 tech talk podcast. Actually, I mean, we're looking at uh, Aruba CX switches. We're looking at a uh, access points, the 635s. We're still waiting on our 515s and 505s. Rumor on the street is maybe Aruba's going to do some movement on all those things. I hope I hope to be seeing stuff get shipped is what I'm hoping the rumor is. I'd hey, love speaking, to see of, speaking of funny shipping, uh, the Midwest Tech Talk Security Symposium next month. Uh, a little uh, spoiler, uh, everybody's going to receive a book, and I'm not going to, um, amongst a lot of other swag, uh, high-quality swag, and I'm not going to tell you what the book is. However, I purchased that book off of Barnes & Noble um, and had to order 90 books, 90-whatever uh, books. that were, so we're, we're pushing between like 90 and 100 people going to show up for, for, for this thing. Anyways, made the order because Amazon didn't have – this particular book in stock uh barnes and noble has been shipping the books to me one at a time <laughs> that's hilarious actually i might tweet that out it's been ridiculous that is hilarious and just sort of when those two when you order 90 books off of barnes and noble they send you an email to let you know the package is ready they send you an email to let you know the package is on its way they send you an email to let you know the package is showing up tomorrow. They send you an email to let you know the package arrived. Sometimes there's a one-day delay, so they send you an email to say the package is coming tomorrow. Times 90. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. It should be a good time, though. Everybody's going to get a book. Did you think about reaching out to the author directly to see if you could just buy directly? No, but we were laughing. This guy's probably, like, pumped. Like, I bet he thinks something's going on. 
Like he just sold 90 books and it's been a while. I guess Barnes and Noble, what do you think? It's probably coming from all different kinds of Barnes and Nobles across the nation. Maybe. They're no, it's no, it, it's not coming from individual stores. No way. Then it's why are they from... shipping one at a time? I don't know. Does Barnes literally... and Noble exclusively do from Barnes and Noble? Because you know like how Amazon like has partners? Yeah, right? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know that with Amazon, I run into the same problem when I sometimes will order multiple that I will get them in individual shipments because of the fact that I'm not really getting it from Amazon. I'm right. Yes. A bunch of their partners. Right. So, but man, nine. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's been a thing. Anyways, so, provision data solutions. They're great with E rate solutions. They're great with your server stuff, your networking stuff. In particular, Aruba HPE products. They know all about that. Yeah, they're SMEs, subject matter experts. Um, SME, you've never heard that term, a SME, SME? I don't think so. Oh, good grief. Tell um, me, tell me un, un, unpack that for me. Subject matter expert, SME. What oh, other unpacking doesn't need? It's sounded like a Lord of the Rings reference. Yeah, Smeagol. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. All right. it's It's been an episode, Sean. What closing thoughts? Where do you see education, technology and education, where do you see it going in the future? Now that we have the pandemic, I guess hopefully we're on the tail end of this thing. Um, you know, that's kind of turned education on its head and, and made made us think of new ways to deliver education and learning. Um, where do you where do you see us headed? I Honestly, I think that the Band-Aid's been ripped off as far as being connected. I, you know, I think before classrooms that previously were content to stay away from technology yeah. have learned that you can now. This, it's it's the way we do business, and I think that's if there's one positive for pandemic from the pandemic, at least you know in my in my district, it's been that teachers that previously before were the one-to-one -one technology sat in a cart. And I mean, stayed in the cart. Um, now it's become a lot more integrated into the classroom because they had to when we rent remote. And that's the part, um, seeing them further integrating technology into the classroom. And it's, it's not something they go and do. It's something that is helpful in enhancing what they do. Yeah. And I think been a great step forward because uh, I'm glad that we've gotten, we started to get away from that. It's not, we're not done. The work's not done. But I think that this has certainly opened a lot of doorways to changing how we discuss uh, technology's relation to how we teach kids. Yeah, I, I think you're right. When I, so I've been at my district for eight years now. And when I got there, it was, pretty much what you're describing that mentality of it's it's a class that you go to mm -hmm. um and that that started to change when i got there because that's when they started going one-to-one -one because they were kind of forced to with state assessments you know we had to have these devices now to do the state assessment electronically because years prior it was done on paper so that that kind of forced that hand um but you're right the last two years two and a half years of the pandemic has uh has made even even the most weathered experienced teacher that was set in their ways kind of evaluate and see how they can bring technology and deliver via technology in their classroom um chris do you have any final thoughts for tonight 
I enjoyed meeting Sean from Ohio, an actual DC Comics fan. Like it. <laughs> I'm trying to find one more question that would be legit. I feel like they were, these were all easy ones. Yeah, they were. I don't mind the softballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's easier than looking... the, the Boston questions you were asking. Uh, all right. I, th- well, I think I'm out. How many? How many Earths are there? Oh, jeez. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Are they saying fifty-two? That was a choice. Yeah, because well, correct- it's, it's more than that now. Because there's like a limitless amount, but um, there was one point in time where they had you got it. it like- you got it. That's the actual answer. Yeah. Sean, do you do you have anything to plug? You can plug that that DC Comics. I didn't realize it was a podcast. Yeah, we didn't know you were a professional. Yeah. So ra- ra- my podcast is called Raging Bullets. It's Raging Bullets, a DC Comics fan podcast, and it's something I've done as a hobby since 2006. Cool. It's it's been my therapy, you know. Like we we all have our things that uh, kind of regroup us, so we go back to work and enjoy that. And it's fun. It's positive. Obviously, I'm, I come from education, so um, it's safe to listen to in the car with the kids. So uh, certainly, if you check it out and listen to it, I, I'm not a pro. <laughs> I've just done it for a long time, but uh, I've really. I, I just want to say I've really appreciated the opportunity to sit down and talk with you guys today. I've been really enjoying your show, and this Thank has you. been a real treat for me. So Yeah, we're glad to have you on. Um, we're, we're glad you like the content because um, we do this just to consume Because we content. don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny that you say your other podcast is is family safe, and you know, because Chris has learned not to put me on speakerphone because I am not family safe yeah, when I'm on speakerphone. I speaker can't trust phone. the guy. No. Um yeah, so it is what it is. <laughs> so no, that, thanks again, Sean. Yeah, thanks, Sean, very okay. much. Uh, so this has been episode sixty-one of the K twelve Tech Talk podcast. If you like us, share us with your friends. Uh, share us with your meeting groups. Uh, we have shirts for sale. We have the F twelve is not hacking or does not equal hacking shirts for sale. Chris will put that in the show description for. A and link we to won that. on that, by the way. Yeah, so we didn't talk about that, but quickly, uh, last Friday, almost a week ago, last Friday evening, news broke that the reporter that was involved in that case was not getting charges filed against him. The the prosecuting attorney for the county. Um, that that took place in was declining to press charges. Um, so apparently the governor is not real happy with that prosecuting attorney, but uh, logic not prevailed. We, we didn't pick a side on that. No, but. we didn't We didn't pick a side at all on that. Um, <laughs> uh, may, there, might be a little, there might be a little addition to that story this weekend. We'll see if uh, I tweet that. Oh, it's a teaser. And don't get arrested. Um, so share us with your meeting groups. Buy a shirt. Chris will send you a sticker with the shirt. Um, let us know. If you're going to go to Cosin. let us know. Tweet us at K12TechTalkPod. I will be at Cosin. Maybe I'll bring some stickers and a shirt or two to sell in the parking lot. Uh, that's 